And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr, and suits so fine they made Sinatra look like a hobo. Is this your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? Really? It's really awful. But I have a lot of things that are on order. You know, credit trouble. Pay more attention to your schoolwork and listen to the radio. You always listen to the radio. It's different. Our lives are ruined already. The Whistler. Staple self-destruct in five seconds. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360, it's one of the earliest detectives on radio, True Detective Mysteries from 1937. Then Marie Wilson stars as ditzy but beautiful and lovable Irma Peterson on part one of a comedy adventure of My Friend Irma from 1948. But first, let me say hello to my co-host, Lisa Wolf. That's, hello. That is your last name, correct? It is. I had to you think about correct. that for a second. You know a lot of Lisas? No. You're the only one, thankfully. Thankfully. That I know. One's more than enough for More you. than <laughs> enough. Yes, absolutely. So what's going on, Lisa? How I are you? How was your week? Great. Oh, wow. Yeah? Busy as usual. Here we are again. Here we are. It seems like a day or two flew by and we're back. In the Hollywood 360 studios. Yes. All right, Lisa, it's time now for True Detective Mysteries. It was one of the earliest detective shows on the air. True Detective Mysteries premiered May 16, 1929 over CBS and lasted on and off until 1958. Based on stories published in True Detective magazine, not much is known of its earliest shows. Its best-known and most durable format began on Mutual in 1944. Like gangbusters, each week the show presented the case history of an actual crime. Many were told from the criminal's point of view, and on unsolved cases, the series encouraged audience members to provide information leading to the criminal's capture. Staged under the direction of Charles Schneck, True Detective Mysteries employed radio's best supporting New York-based actors. Okay, it's time now for Murder in the Horror House from August 19, 1937. Here's part one of True Detective Mysteries. And now we bring you a thrilling crime detection story taken from the pages of the leading detective publication, True Detective Mysteries magazine. Our story begins in a little farming community of Florence, Colorado. All the fresh! I meant to dump all the, all the fresh! Whoa! Oh, stop you! Wow, you don't like it a wee bit, eh? <laughs> if you don't like it, stop! One not only say whoa! Hello, Mike. Uh, bring you a nice vegetable. Nice and fresh. Yeah, sure I know. Like yesterday's, eh? You don't know what a fresh vegetable looks like. They turn rotten when you touch them. Even your horse can't stand working for you. How come you say that? Neroni's a very kind of man. He has the best farm in the whole neighborhood. I tell you, take a look at that lettuce. So nice to crisp. Uh, I don't know why I buy anything from you. Now, give me six heads. And the tomato? You call them tomatoes? I thought they were cherries. Ah, uh, you like always make it the fun when I... What's the matter? Beautiful. What in blazes are you talking about, Neroni? That the girl over there. She is beautiful. What's her name? Her? She's Antonietta. Works here as a waitress. Tony's got the meat to her. She's beautiful. No, no, you don't. She's a good girl, Neroni. Hey, come back. Come back here. 
Hey, what's the idea of running away? I didn't run away, Mr. Riley. No, I didn't mean you, Antonietta. I was talking to this guy. Don't you worry about this guy. I just don't want to talk to this girl a few minutes. I'll go soon. Yeah, I'll see that it is soon. You're the boss. He's a very nosy guy, eh? Mr. Riley, we all think he's a real gentleman. Oh, sure, sure. What's your name? Antonietta. I'm new here. Yes, I know that. I come here for eight months. I never see a more beautiful girl than you. Oh, stop that, mister. Call me Tony. Antonio Neroni is my name. But you, you call me Tony. All right. Tony. And I call you Antonietta? Antonietta. That's a nice name. Hey, Neroni, you still in the vegetable business? Good thing. I'm a common. I'll see you again tomorrow, Antonietta. Tomorrow, maybe. Goodbye, beautiful. Goodbye. Goodbye, beautiful. Oh, hello, Helen. You kidding me? Who's the new Romeo, and why doesn't he get his pants pressed? I don't know who he is. Well, that is, Mr. Riley buys vegetables from him. His eyes. They're so... Uh Uh-oh. What do you mean by that? You aren't falling for that farmer, are you? Oh, don't be silly. I fall for a guy like that. Mm, I recognize a little something in that tone. (laughs) Okay, beautiful. Far be it from me to come between you and your farmer boyfriend. Come on, girls. Break it up. Yes, Mr. Riley. I'll go up front. No, you stay here, Antoinette. I want to talk to you. I get it. So long. Yeah. Antonietta, I have no right to speak to you this way. It's none of my business, but, uh, Neroni, well, his reputation ain't so good in town. Don't be ridiculous, Mr. Riley. He doesn't mean a thing to me. Yeah? Well, I'm not so sure, see? Remember, I'm telling you this for your own good. Sure. I understand. And he has a way with him, like a snake. Now, Mr. Riley, now, let me you're... finish. Now, he hypnotizes you, and then, well, now that I've told you, you can do as you please. Thanks, Mr. Riley. Yeah, I can tell you. Riley, he don't like me. It isn't that, Tony. He just told me that, well, that some people said you weren't so nice, I guess. Oh, that's all he's saying, eh? You know what the poor he's talking like that? You know? Well, I tell him. He loves you. That's why he wants you. Don't be foolish, Tony. I don't mean this much to Mr. Riley. He certainly doesn't mean a thing to me. Maybe yes and maybe no. Oh, I'm done yet. I want to speak to you. Well, what do you want? What do you have, folks? Go on, you. When I want you, I call you. Hey, don't be so sassy, mister. This ain't no waiting room. We want customers here, see? Bring me some ginger ale, please. Right. Tony, you have a terrible temper. He'll get you into real trouble if you don't watch out. Try to control him, please. All right, I'll take care. I'll take care. Antonia, oh, I love you. I want you to marry with me. What? Marry you? I've only known you since yesterday. How can you expect me to answer? Well, such a serious question. Well, tell her you can answer easy. All you've got to say is a yes. I have a good farm. I make a good living for you, Antonia. Here you are, miss. Ginger ale. Oh, that the waiter. He bothered me on the first. Tony, watch your temper, please. Oh, sure, I watch. Tell me, Antonia, you love me a little bit? I don't know if I do or not, Tony. There's something about you that... That That the what? That attracts me, I guess. Your eyes. Oh, but then your temper. I I know I'd never be able to get along. Well, why not try it for a little while? What? Uh, Oh, I see you. You don't get what I mean. I mean, uh, a worker for me. Be cooker for me and my partners. And then uh, maybe you see if you love me. No, I couldn't do that. Because why? It wouldn't be right, that's why. That's so wrong, Antonia. You don't have to be afraid of anything. I pay you. I pay you more than Mr. Riley. And you work, that's all. I want you to know me, to love me. 
You don't think I'm going to do anything wrong, do you? No, no, no. I won't work for you. Absolutely not. Are you like our new cook, eh, Dominic? Yeah, what's the difference? You're the one who's just as good. You hear what he say, Antonieta? You're no better than the old cook. He's a crazy, my partner is. The older one was another half was a beauty. Remember what you promised, Tony. Sure thing, I'll remember. You got a more soup? Sure, all you want. Here. Where is that, Kelly? Working. Listen, why don't you call him and tell him a dinner is ready? Uh, if he don't know, why should we worry? Oh, you're a nice partner, eh, Dominic? Go get that collie, I uh, say. All right, all right, but don't howl. <laughs> fools. Uh, that's what they are, fools. Maybe they think I care whether they eat or not. <laughs> fools. Why did you make him call your other partner? You want to know why? Listen, I tell you. Because I love you. Because I want to be alone with you, that's why. Tony, you promise. Ah, you talk like a foolish girl, Antonia. I promise, sure, but to keep a promise, that's a different. You know, I love you. I love you the first time I look at you. Now, I want you to marry me. Oh, no. You got to change your mind. I'm making you change, Antonia. Here comes Elkoli. No, you won't bother me no more, Tony. What's the matter, Eccoli? You need a butler to ring at the dinner bell? No, no, I want to finish your work. Let us punch. Too many weeds are there. Next time, you get no dinner if you come late. Hey, what do you mean? Who do you think you are, huh? We know what for you, Tony. We are a partner, see? Yeah, Eccoli is right, Tony. This farm is as much ours as yours. We not have to stand before you make this place a love nest or... Oh, so that's it, huh? You don't want I should love Antonietta, eh? Maybe you fellas love her. Ah, uh, don't be crazy. Yeah, you're not certainly. We love her, uh, What's the matter with her? Eh? What's the matter? Uh, nothing the matter with her, only... Only, only what? Only the whole of town says she must be crazy if she see anything in you. That's all. So... The whole of town are not minding his business, eh? Ah, you pick a fool, Tony. You ask a Dominic Italian, huh? No use to get him sore. Tony, I'm going to leave in the morning. I can't stay here. You heard what they said. I tell you, you don't leave. I fix. I fix everything. Just you give me a little time to think. I'll be back as soon as I've got a thing. It's Tony, he can never take it on the chin, eh? He never could. I don't know what to do. I can't stay sure, here. Sure, and... sure, I know. You can't stay here and you can't run away. Well, that's what they all say about Tony. He, he hypnotize you like a snake, and then he strike. Then he strike? Dominic, he's all right, Antonieta. If you want a piece, leave. Leave now. There's no tell what a Tony will do when he gets it back. Hmm. I can see him on the field now. He gets mad by the minutes and burns himself up. Sure, yeah. And if he know we tell you to leave him, <laughs> he stop it to nothing. Sure. I know Tony. He even a kill. Dominic, he's all right, Antonieta. He's all right. What do you say? Tell me what you're talking. Antonietta, what they tell you? Oh, nothing. But I have something to tell you, Tony. What? Ah, listen, I know it is you are mad at me, eh? No. I'm leaving you tonight, now. I can't stand this any longer. Ah, now I see. I understand. My partners, they talk to you, they give you ideas, eh? You know what Neroni do. You know what I do. any letters, I told you. But there's one thing I do want, Neroni. I want to know where Antonietta is. She's run away. Well, he said she ran away, but I don't believe him. I don't either. Where's Dominic? Dominic and Antonietta ran away. So did Ercole. Nobody's seen him for days. 
Ronnie's partners and Antonietta have gone. Nobody knows where they are. Maybe he killed them. Ronnie killed Dominic and Ercole and Antonietta. She would have married him, so he killed her. Where did he hide him? Let's find out where he's Tell the police he's dangerous, that man. Police? No, no, we never talk to the police. Where's Dominic? Now, you people know what I'm talking about. Why don't you answer? What do you know about Neroni? What happened to his partners or that girl who was working for him? Well, it's no use, Chief. They won't tell us a thing. They know we're police. I guess you're right, Gail. Come on. I've got an idea. Sit down, Fabrizio. I want to talk to you. Yes, Chief. I don't suppose you know what this is all about, Fabrizio. So I'll give you the whole story in a jiffy. We need your help in a tough case. We think you're the only man that can handle this job because it involves your people. You understand them and they believe in you. We can't get a peep out of them. I'll do anything I can to help, Chief. Well, it sure looks like we're going to need help. Plenty of it. Uh, what's it all about? Well, I'll tell you. You know that farmer named Neroni? I don't know him, but I've heard about him. Well, he had two partners named Dominic and Ercole, who shared his home. That is, if you can call that joint a home. That's yeah, an awful-looking dive. Now, a few weeks ago, this Neroni guy goes gaga over a waitress named Antonetta. He met her in Mike Riley's coffee pot while delivering vegetables. Well, what kind of a girl is she? Was, you mean. We can't find her. We can't find Neroni's partners. Mm, I understand. Where does she live? Oh, I forgot to tell you. Neroni induced that girl to live up at his place and cook for him and his pals. I understand he paid her more than she earned waiting on tables. Well, anyhow, as I said before, the three of them disappeared. We looked everywhere for some little clue, but found nothing. And we arrested Neroni. That's right. Now, we're holding this guy, but we can't hold him for long without any evidence. He's trying to find a lawyer now who'll get him out for rid of Habeas Corpus. The looks on your faces, I assume that you suspect... There's no use of us mincing words, Fabrizio. We suspect the worst. Murder. And we grilled him for hours. But all he says is they run away. My guess is he'll never crack. I have an idea, Chief. I thought you would, Fabrizio. What is it? You say he's in jail? Yep. All right. Let's do this. We'll send for... Hey, don't push, copper. How long are you keeping me here? I don't know, sweetheart. Here, I brought you a roommate of your lonesome. <laughs> now listen, come back and let me get out of this place. I'm telling you, you can't keep me in the middle hey, of Hey, hey, pipe down, you punk. You call him me. Now, look here, you crumb. I'm sharing this bunk with you, see? Go on that corner and shut up. I'll wrap this stool around your neck, understand? You're not going to talk to me like that. I'm eating no room. I wouldn't care if you were to set your liberty. Get down there and shut up. What's your name? Mine is Tony Neroni. I ain't asking you who you are, and I don't care what your name is. These are police, sir. They arrest you? No. I arrested myself because I wanted to look at your pen. That's what happened. Hey, turn around. I can't stand that mug of yours. You're a tough guy, eh? Wrong again. I'm here for picking daisy. You steal? Hey, what's it to you? I ain't asking you what your line is, am I? Then Donna got an all right to arrest me. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I didn't do nothing. Hey, listen, pasty face. I don't care what you did or didn't do, see? Keep on squawking. You didn't do nothing. I'll push you through them bars. Why you got the rest? Me? Well, all I did was cut a sailor's throat for 12 bucks. They put me here for being so cheap. You killed him? What do you think? 
Well, that's a murder, to kill somebody. Hmm, you're a pretty wise guy to open it all out by yourself. That's all right. They arrest you if you murder somebody. Yes, sir. Hey, what are you here for? For telling kids there ain't no Santa Claus? No, they got no right for arresting me. I don't do nothing. Yeah, that's a hot one. You didn't do nothing. <laughs> What'd they charge you with? What? They must have arrested you for something. What you here for, you held? Police say that uh, maybe I killed somebody. Oh, maybe you killed. Did you? No. You mean to say they put you in this jug for nothing? I no kill. Well, then I can't help you. You can't help. What do you mean you can't help? Listen, you punk. If you're here for doing a man-sized job, I could teach you the ropes. Tricks of the trades order. If you're here for nothing, I don't want to have nothing to do with you. I don't do nothing. Okay, so you didn't. Now shut up and leave me alone. I want to think. Then what? I used every trick I knew, Chief, but he wouldn't fall. It looks like my plan didn't work. No, we must work fast or he'll be out of jail. Neroni has already retained a lawyer. Can't stall much longer. Well, want me for anything else, Chief? No, you can leave. You want to. If I need you again, I'll call you. Yeah, so long. Right. Furnace speaking. Hello, Richards. What's up? What? Yeah? Yeah. We sure are working on that Neroni case. Who? Giuseppe. He's who? Oh, brother, eh? That's nice. Yeah, sort of makes it a nice quartet, four of them. When did this happen? Hmm, yeah, I see. I get it. Okay. Right, so long. What's the matter, Chief? What happened? Oh, another guy disappeared, and the gossip has charged that to Neroni, too. Well, how could they? He's been in jail the last week. I know, but this man disappeared before we arrested Neroni. Before? Who is he? A fellow named Giuseppe. He's Dominic's brother. Brother? Good heavens, Chief. You don't mean to tell me that Neroni killed all of them? Well, it doesn't seem possible. But I don't know what else could have happened to them. Richards reports that Giuseppe told his wife he was going to see his brother Dominic. He never returned. Four people missing. Missing or murdered? Well, we can't prove it. They've gone over his house the fine-tooth comb. Can't find a single clue. Not even a drop of blood. I've got another idea, Chief. It's a long shot, but I think we ought to try it. I'll try anything. What is it? Neroni knows that we're holding him here as a suspect of the murder of three people. As far as he's concerned, we know nothing of this fourth man. That's right. Now, Neroni doesn't know me, but he's heard of me. I've done a lot of favors for his people in town. Yeah, they know of you, all right, and they like you. All right. Now, my plan is this. I'll see this Neroni and tell him I can save him. We'll follow you, Fabrizio. Well, there's nothing Neroni would rather do than leave this country. He believe me when I tell him that I can get him a passport because I've done that for some of his friends. I still don't understand. How are you going to find the bodies we're looking for by promising him a passport? I'm going to make him tell us. All right, there he is. All right, thanks. Well, what are you waiting for? I told you I wanted to speak to this man in private. All right, all right. You don't have to be so sassy. Those jailers are sure fresh. Uh, You're Tony Neroni, aren't you? Yeah. Gee, I had some tough time getting in here to see you. Who are you? Fabrizio is my name. You must have heard of me. No. Well, that doesn't matter. I've come here to help you. I'm no sander for you. Yes, I know, but some of your friends sent me here. Because of why? I told you to help you. Now, listen... I don't want any of those nosy Americans to hear me. Come over here. What you want? 
I've been sent here to see that you get a passport to go back to your native land. Yeah? Yes, and if you're interested, I'll tell you how you can show these fool Americans that we're smarter than they are. Sure, we're lots of smart. Not so loud. You are here because the police suspect you of killing three people. Not to me. They run away. I know kill. Uh, shut up. There's only one way for you to prove that you didn't kill those three people. How? Tell the police the truth. You mean the truth? Yes. Tell them how Giuseppe killed them and hid the bodies. Giuseppe? Not so loud. Now, the police don't know that he ran away yet. What you've got to do is to tell them how Giuseppe killed Antonetta and the others. How he threatened you and then ran away. Suppose uh, they don't believe. Don't be foolish. Why shouldn't they believe you? You saw Giuseppe kill them, didn't you? Follow me. How can I prove that Giuseppe killed Antonietta and my partner? All you've got to do is tell them that you, what you saw, that's all. They'll try to arrest Giuseppe, discover he's run away, and that's that. And they'll have to let you go then. Okay, I get uh, That's all of what I've got to do? Yeah. When the police ask you why you didn't tell them this before, tell them the truth. The truth? Sure. Tell them that you were afraid, that Giuseppe threatened to kill you. If he ever found out that you told on him. Okay, I see. I'm leaving now, Neroni. You do what you want to, but my advice is to tell them the truth, like I said. Sure, I tell them. Now, remember, don't lie to the police. By the way, you know where he hid the bodies, don't you? Then tell the police. Tell them the truth. That's the best way. Now, goodbye, Neroni. And don't forget the truth, the whole truth. How'd you make out? Well, we'll wait and see. Unless I'm wrong, our fine friend will bite on the bait I've given him. You mean to say he fell for that yarn? Sure. Oh, Chief, Neroni wants to see you right away. Says he's got something important to tell you. He has, eh? Okay, I'll be right down. Gail? Yes, sir? Get Sloan to bring the bloodhounds to Neroni's farm. Yes, sir. Get the car ready. We're going to take Mr. Neroni for a little ride so he can tell us the truth. That's the first portion of True Detective Mysteries with Murder in the Horror House from 1937. Let's take a break. Then it's more here on Hollywood 360. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Before we get back to True Detective Mysteries, I want to remind all of our listeners that we have a website for this show, right, Lisa? We sure do. Hollywood360radio.com. Is that what it is? It is. In okay. case you forgot, I'm going to fill you in. And we have our podcast from our show posted every Monday after the show airs. And you can go find not only our entire four-hour show, but a bonus hour as well, just wow. because we love you. You did your homework. Wow. And Mike Costella is the very talented man who puts that all together, right, Mike? That is correct. He <laughs> works night and day. He even works while he's sleeping, which is only about two hours a night. His knuckles are bloody. He's trained his work. dog to do the engineering on he's this show. He's got cats. Oh, does he? I don't have... Well, I, Denise has a dog, oh, okay. so I guess so that's you our do dog. Have a dog. And we do have one cat. All right. And we're actually dog-sitting, so there's two all extra right. dogs around. He's teaching them all the Pro Tools system how to do it. He's tried to teach me, and, and that is that was a futile attempt. Oh, I'm shocked to teach hear that. Teach me how to do anything technical. Um, but, uh, yeah, Mike puts all that together, and you're absolutely correct. All four hours of this show, plus a bonus hour, our podcast, 
at Hollywood360radio.com. And then we have a Facebook, too, right, Mike? We do, Hollywood360 Radio. All right, so check that out as well. All right, let's get back now to Murder in the Horror House on True Detective Mysteries. I'm sitting in the house with Antonia and Dominic and Eccoli. We all are talking. Dominic, you say you're a good cook. Sure, sure, she make a good wife. No, no, no can be a good wife, Dominic. What? All the wives are bad. Oh, <laughs> you hear that? You hear that, Antonia? Eccoli say. Yes, what for you come? Shut up. I come because I want to come. Ask my brother, he knows. What's the matter, Giuseppe? Why are you looking that way? You don't know it, Dominic? You don't know what for I come? No, I don't know. You lie! Your brother, he's a fool. Sit down, Giuseppe. Have some wine. We talk, eh? I don't want to know wine. I don't want to know talk. I come to teach my brother a lesson. Uh, wh- what's the matter, Giuseppe? What have I done? Giuseppe, put down that gun. I'm going to kill him! Oh, That's just how it happened. I got the fright and then a quick and run away. After he shot his brother, you ran out, hmm? Yeah. You didn't see him shoot Antonetta or Ascalay? Oh, no. Then what happened? I ran into what's there. Later, long time. I see Giuseppe come out and dig a great big hole. Then he go in the house and he carry out a body in the tub. Three bodies. One by one. And the bury. Hmm. That's why we couldn't find any blood around. He carried them in a tub. And then? Then he ran away. Which way did he run? Tell him the truth, Neuroni. That way. That's where the bodies are buried? That's right. Over there. By the barn. Okay, men. Dig over there by the barn. Do you know why Giuseppe killed his brother? No. Looks like you frightened your horse, Neuroni. Even he doesn't like you. You know why Giuseppe killed the others? I no can see. You loved Antonietta, didn't you? Sure, gonna marry. Were your partners jealous? Tell him the truth, Neuroni. Jealous? No. Hey, Chief. Yeah, find anything? Oh, yeah. Right. Hey, look. Look at that. Merciful heaven. Hmm. Three of them. Three innocent people. Shot through the head, every one of them. Look, there's the tub. And one of the bloodhounds couldn't help us. Awful. Terrible. Gail? Yes, sir. Phone the coroner. Have him send up the wagon. Okay, Chief. I okay a free man now? You what? I a free man. I'll tell you how it happened. I can go away now? You go away? Sure. Sure you'll go away. <laughs> What's the matter? You laugh. You're telling me you're my friend. I just want to ask you one more question. I want you to tell the truth now. The real truth, understand? I don't gather what you mean. You say I tell... Yes, I know. You told us a story and you think you fooled us, didn't you? We're stupid Americans, aren't we? Well, maybe you're right. We're stupid enough, though, to want to know what you did with Giuseppe's body. No. You double-crossed me. That's not half as bad as murder, Neroni. You lied to me. You lied. You double-crossed me. I kill you. I kill you. I choke you. Ah, it'll keep him quiet for a while. Yeah, he almost broke your gun on his head, Chief. Too bad I didn't kill him. Save the country a lot of money if I did. You all right, Fabrizio? Yes, fine, thanks. How are you, wise guy? Oh, he doubled across. I'm gonna kill him. He doubled across. Why don't you do what Giuseppe? He, he ran away. Giuseppe ran away. Uh, let's take him back, Chief. 
We'll find that other body if we have to dig up this whole farm. Right. Boys, carry this guy to the car. Okay. Did you see this uh, dispatch here, Chief? Antonio Neroni. Serving up life sentence the murder of four people whose bodies were buried on his farm. Was found dead in prison last night. Was beaten to death by a fellow prisoner when he attempted to attack a party of visitors. Yeah, nice guy, eh? Yeah, nice and ferocious. Yeah, you remember how he looked, though, when we blasted his phony alibi by finding Giuseppe's body? A real look of horror. Yeah, matched the house he lived in. A real horror house if ever there was one. You have just heard a thrilling story taken from the pages of True Detective Mysteries magazine, a McFadden publication. And that's True Detective Mysteries with Murder in the Horror House from August 19, 1937. That was syndicated, and hope you enjoyed that very early detective adventure. Lisa, you like the comedies, I know that. I sure do. And you like Marie Wilson, I right? sure do. From My Friend Irma. I'm looking forward to hearing it. Well, some might remember My Friend Irma as the movie that served as the launching pad for Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. Others recall a television show of the same name. My Friend Irma actually originated as a radio show, as heard on CBS from 1947 until 1954. My Friend Irma chronicled the daily hijinks of an extremely dim-witted blonde stenographer named Irma Peterson, played by Marie Wilson, and her screwball friends. One of Irma's best friends was her logical and very dependable roommate and narrator of the show, Jane Stacy, played by Kathy Lewis. The two central characters were in their mid-twenties. Irma dated Al, played by John Brown, a deadbeat, barely on the right side of the law, who hadn't held a job in years. Jane dated her millionaire boss, Richard Rhinelander, played by Leif Erikson, and dreamt of marrying him someday. Created by Cy Howard, My Friend Irma was a top-rated radio comedy that escalated to films, television, and even a comic strip. We have a radio episode for you now. Very funny episode from March 22, 1948. It's called Election Connection. This stars Marie Wilson and Kathy Lewis. Here's part one of My Friend Irma. Lieber Brothers Company, makers of Swan, the soap with the exclusive super-creamed blend, presents... Our friend Swan with my friend Irma. Starring Marie Wilson as Irma and Kathy Lewis as Jane. You know, they say there's an explanation for everything. But I don't think that goes where Irma Peterson is concerned. Why do I say that? Well, a few minutes ago, I told Irma that in the Arctic Circle, the nights are six months long. And Irma said... Gee, when a girl goes to a dance, her mother must say, Be a good girl and try to get home before July. (laughs) Normally, those things uh, jolt me, but tonight I'm too busy addressing a stack of envelopes for Richard to waste any time trying to straighten Irma out. Jane, who are you writing to? No one we know, honey. You see, Richard is greatly interested in the primary elections, and he's coming here with a stack of election circulars he wants me to mail. Circulars? 
Yeah, you know, there's a picture of the man, and underneath it is a description of what he's done. Oh, I know, like those pictures of Al's friends that are hanging in the post office. (laughs) No, no, this is a different kind of circular. You see, these men hold offices. They don't hold them up. (laughs) Come in. Well, here they are, Jane. Hello, Irma. Hello, Richard. I'll take the circulars, Richard. Gee, I've never seen you so excited. Well, this is exciting and important work we're doing. If, if we can get the voters behind the reform ticket and elect our man, Robert Colby, this district will at long last be represented by an honest man in council. Richard, is there any way I can help? Yes, yes, you can vote. No, I can't. Those voting machines always get me so confused. Well, honey, what's there to be confused about? All you do is press down a lever. Yes, but I don't know where to put the nickel. <laughs> to you later, Irma. Richard, is there anything else I can do for you? Uh, no, no, just get the circulars out. I'm going down to headquarters and keep things moving. Oh, and uh, keep spreading the word around. Colby for councilman. All right, Richard. See you later. Jane. What, sweetie? Isn't there any way I can help in the election? No, honey. Electioneering is important work. It takes the toil of endless hours. Well, that's why I want to help. What good is woman's suffrage if I don't get a chance to suffer? <laughs> Will you, honey? I'm busy. Hello? Who is this? Joe? No, Joe. Al isn't here yet. Huh? You have a job for him? Oh, Joe, you're early. April Fool is ten days off. <laughs> oh, you're serious? Well, I'll tell him to call you. Uh, goodbye. What do you think, Jane? Joe has a job for Al. How do you like that? His best friend turning on him after all these years. Jane, uh, can I just fold the circulars for you? I want to do something. Well, honey, I don't want you to feel hurt, but I haven't got too much confidence in you ever since your cousin brought those campfire girls up here to hold a meeting. Well, I thought that a log fire would make them feel at home. Yes, honey, but we have no fireplace. (laughs) Well... Everybody makes mistakes. Yeah, I know, Irma, but you don't use judgment. Now, honey, look at your shoes. You paid $12 for a pair of $5 shoes. Why don't you shop around? In the future, I will. Look, honey, if you really want to help me, you can run down to the post office and get me a hundred three-cent stamps. All right, Jane, and don't worry, I won't buy at the first post office I see. (laughs) I'm going to shop around. Oh, Irma. Come in. It's only me, Professor Kropotkin. <laughs> Hello, Janie and Irma, my two little cottages. One with a clinging vine, one with an empty attic. <laughs> Kropotkin, a man like you should have been a comedian. <laughs> Janie, darling, could I borrow, please, your dark glasses? Surely, why? Well, if you'll excuse the expression, I'm taking Mrs. O'Reilly out tonight. <laughs> oh, now, Professor, don't try to kid us. We know you're falling more in love with her every day. Janie, when a man courts his landlady, this is not love. This is known as taking the bull by the horn. <laughs> Those aren't horns. That's the way Miss O'Reilly combs her hair. Oh, hold it, will you, the two of you? I've got to get these circulars out for Richard. Irma, will you please hurry to the post office? 
All right, Jane. Now, honey, you know what to get. Yes, a three-dollar stamp. No, 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 a, a hundred three-cent stamps. Now, here, I- I'll write it down, sweetie, and don't shop around, please. Goodbye. Janie, what's all this correspondence here? Oh, this. Well, Richard and the Reform Party are trying to get Robert Colby elected in the primary so we can get good, honest representative and throw honest Jim Blake right out of office. That I'm for. That honest Jim is such a crook, when he's campaigning, he couldn't kiss a baby without stealing the diaper pin. (laughs) Well, that's why we're all working so hard to get Colby in office. You know, Professor, you could help. You tell all the customers at the Gypsy Tea Room to vote for Colby for honest government. Well, I'll tell them, Jenny, but I don't think it's going to help. Why not? After they eat at the Gypsy Tea Room, they're not thinking of good government. They're more interested in a good doctor. (laughs) Tell me, Jenny, is Irma helping you elect Colby? No. Then he's got the chance. Yeah. (laughs) Now, he's got to win, and honest Jim must go. Professor, how about wearing a Colby for Councilman Pin? Oh, I'd be glad to. Here, here you are. Oh. oh, no, Professor, not on your trousers. On your jacket. Please, Janie, I know where the pin is needed the most. <laughs> well, you can count on me. Goodbye. Bye. Oh, honestly, I'll never get these circulars out. Never. Hello? Who? Oh, Joe. No, Al isn't here yet. Well, you know Monday is his busy day. That's when he stands outside of the Yankee Stadium and waits for balls to come over the fence. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'll have him call you, Joe. Come in. Hiya, Jane. Where's Chicken? Oh, she went on an errand for me, Al. You know, your friend Joe's been calling like mad all day trying to get you. (laughs) That guy's uncanny. But he ain't cutting in on this deal. It's my own idea. It's a birth certificate with an adjustable calendar. For dames who are getting old. Al, will you believe me I'm not interested? And I'd appreciate it if you'd call Joe before he wears out the phone. Burma comes back, I'm downstairs getting some ink from Mrs. O'Reilly. Tell her, huh? Hmm. Dynamic thing. Must be a thyroid condition. <laughs> well, while she's gone, must make that telephone call. And there's only one man to call. Who else but... Hello, Joe. (laughs) Al, what is your problem? A job for me? Joe, what did I ever do that made you sore? (laughs) No kidding. You mean I get 5,000 a year? Joe, it sounds too good to be honest. (laughs) Oh, it ain't honest. It's a political job. (laughs) Well, Joe, what sort of work do I do? You see, I couldn't take the taxpayer's money for nothing. Huh? I'll have an important duty to perform... I keep whales out of Central Park Lake? (laughs) Joe, there ain't no whales in Central Park Lake. Oh, in an election year, you never ask questions. Yeah, well, what do I do to get the job, Joe? Uh Uh-huh. 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 Mm-hmm. I'd be glad to campaign for him. He's a good man. You can count on me. Goodbye, Joe. Oh, hello, Al, honey. Well, what's the matter, chicken? Why so glum? I bought these stamps for Jane. Chicken, you got the stamps all pasted on a cardboard. Well, the wind was blowing. I was afraid I'd lose them. (laughs) Oh, gee, I don't know why Jane has no confidence in me. Forget it, chicken. Golden days are ahead. Before you know it, little Al will be making $5,000 a year. Oh, Al, they'll catch you and destroy your printing press. (laughs) 
No, chicken, you know I wouldn't be a counterfeiter. This is legitimate. We got to help elect the one man who can give us clean, decent government. Who, Al? Honest Jim Blake. Oh, but Al, Jane and Richard are campaigning for Robert Colby. They say Jim Blake is a crook. Chicken, it ain't exactly being crooked. You see, politicians figure they got to get what they can while they're in office, because the public forgets them so quickly. You take President Hoover. In office four years, and what's his reward? Got his name on a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> and, and Adams got his name on a hat. Lincoln is on a penny. And Wilson is on a ham. Say, it's enough to frustrate an honest man. Oh, but, but the papers say Jim Blake is the most dishonest man that was ever in office. Just propaganda, chicken. Look at the things he's done for the city. Take that, that beautiful highway he built last year. But it cracked in two weeks. Well, Jim couldn't help that. Strong weeds. <laughs> well, how about that bridge he built? It fell down in three days. Well, honest Jim couldn't help it if the rain dissolved the cement. Besides, honey, you're looking at the bad side of him. Look at the good he's done. Built his wife a beautiful home. Gave her a mink coat. Gave his brother a pardon. There's a man with a heart. Yeah, I, I don't know what to do. I, gosh, I hate to work against Jane. Chicken, face this thing realistically. I love you. And with five G's a year coming in, we can get married. And there'll be no more of those long hours going to work every day. You can get a part-time job. <laughs> you, you'd really marry me, Al? Why, sure, I'd marry you, chicken. You think I like sleeping on park benches every day until four in the afternoon? I want to have a home to do that in. Yeah, I, I don't know what to say. Do, do you think Jane will be angry with me if I help you? Well, chicken, you know Jane has no confidence in you. Well, that's true. She has lost a little confidence in me. Ever since I mixed the brown and white shoe polish together for my sport shoes. <laughs> well, what do you say, chicken? Will you help me with Honest Jim's campaign? All right, I'll, I'll, I'll do it because I know it means you'll marry me and... It'll show Jen I'm smart enough to mix in politics, too. That's the spirit, chicken. But remember, we don't let Jane know that we're working for the opposition. If they want to work for Colby, okay. We're for Blake. All right, Al. Gee, I'm so excited about you and politics. Who knows? Someday you may be governor and I'll be your wife. Never can tell, chicken. Imagine me, a governess. <laughs> Colby is just going wonderfully. I never knew life could be so hectic, but I love it. Richard and I have been working day and night, but we're too thrilled to be tired. We're going to put an honest man in office, and nothing is going to stop us. <laughs> oh, Richard, isn't it thrilling? Oh, yes, and I'm sure that we'll elect Colby. Sure. Hello, Jamie. I'm so glad you could come to the rally. Yeah, Mrs. O'Reilly stood me up. She said I insulted her. Why? She wanted to go to a horse show. I told her she wouldn't have a chance. <laughs> Boy, if Jane and Richard could only see us now, they'd know they'll lick. Al, I've been doing a lot of good work. Al, what do you mean, Chicken? Well, I think Honest Jim has been wasting his time. He's kissing all the babies, but they can't vote. <laughs> what about it? I've been kissing their fathers. <laughs> chicken, you don't have to overdo it. 
Uh, by the way, did you get rid of all those circulars I gave you? Yeah. Good, good. And where I got rid of them, no one will ever find them. Chicken, I meant to give them out, not hide them. Oh, Al, isn't there anything more I can do? No, no, Chicken. Don't want you to overwork your little mind. Oh, I haven't been overworking it, honey. I, I hardly know it's there. Well, Chicken, that's enough for today. You go home and don't forget, tell all your friends to vote for Blake. All right, Al. Gee, I can't wait until you get the job and we get married. My my hope chest is all ready. I just put in six baseballs, three tennis rackets, and a pair of skis. What's the idea, Chicken? Well, I read in a book that a wife should be a good sport. <laughs> All right, let's pause here on My Friend Irma. We'll take a break, and then we'll be right back. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Next time, it's the conclusion to My Friend Irma from 1948. Then, Robert Cummings stars in a mystery on Four Star Playhouse from 1949. You won't want to miss it. We'll see you next time. Lisa, Carl, and Mike signing off.